Before taking a deep dive into the world of marriage, starting with an evaluation of self and informed perspective of dating is critical. Taking time to grow in one's personality and relationship with God will only prepare you for a greater connection to the person you hope to date. In today's episode, we're taking a look at the convergence between personality and preparing to date. This is Together. This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways that marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonniewell. Hey everyone, Uh, it's good to talk to you again. Today we are going to be kind of continuing our discussion based off of the DISC. Uh, So with our previous podcast, we talked about how the DISC personality assessment can be really important for marriage. And today we're going to be talking to single people, people who are dating or want to date, but definitely want to get married and have somebody in their life. And uh, so this is what this podcast is about. And it's integrated, again, integrating the DISC in helping you figure out uh, who might be the best person for you to marry. And so with that, uh, one way to think about this is... Dating is the precursor for marriage. Duh. Right. (laughs) Right. And um, but with that, I think it's very important that it's crucial that you figure out who you are as a person before you date somebody. And not everybody does that. In fact, I would say this when I was single, probably from Uh, My teen years until I was about 25, I really didn't know who I was. And so I was dating kind of blindly and uh, basically also doing something which is really dangerous. And that is dating people based off of who I was attracted to physically. And I think, Mm. again, a lot of people do that. Any thoughts about that as we jump into this conversation, Samuel? Yeah, I I definitely think uh, we all, don't we all kind of just, when we're first starting that dating phase, we just literally jump in because I think there's this aspect where it becomes very uh, experiential Um, at first. You know, you're like, okay, I'm trying to get my first experience. You might have started dating at, you know, 12, 15, 21, right? All those ages that are pivotal in your own personal development. But then you start coming to a place where you're like, man, I'm starting to navigate and see what I really, really like and what I'm attracted to. But then there's so many other contextual pieces that add to, you know, making sure you're choosing the right person to date and then eventually marry, which is what we'll get into later on in this. So I think that's, that's definitely true. Um, I guess for you, Kelly, did you like, you know, I know you're a huge advocate on this aspect of preparing to date, preparing to marry. Like, did you read and study and all those types of things um, when you were younger to do all those things? Or did you just kind of jump in like everybody else? Yeah, pretty much like everybody else. I jumped in. However, (laughs) I will say this. Yeah, this was really this was a kind of a life changing moment for me. 
and that was uh, while I was single, I read one, I think it was only one book on marriage, mm. uh, but it influenced me. Uh, it influenced me a lot in terms of thinking about marriage. And in fact, when I read the book, the book is called The Mystery of Marriage, and it's mm. written by a guy named Mike Mason. And I would say this. That book is easily in the top five favorite books that I've ever read on marriage. And so I really, really encourage uh, people, you know, dating or if you're married, definitely read that book. I think it does a, a wonderful job of talking about all of the dynamics of marriage. As an example, here's a good thing. If you yeah. are single... Now is the time for you to begin to figure out what marriage is supposed to look like. Hmm. And that book does a really good job of uh, talking about the different dynamics. Because here's an important point, Samuel, that I really pound with single people all the time. Dating is not marriage. <laughs> Let me say that again. Dating is is not marriage. Marriage is very different than dating. And so when you're dating, it's again really important for you to figure out what are the what are the pieces of marriage. I'll give you one example. In the book, there's the typical uh typical chapters about one chapter is on affection. Uh, mm -hmm. Another chapter is on commitment. But what does commitment look like, for example, in marriage versus dating? There's a much different commitment element in marriage versus dating. And then the book actually ends on a weird note, which now I really appreciate as I'm getting older. And the, the last chapter of the book is uh, death. And um, I remember when I read it, I was like kind of startled by it. Wow, that's that's a real cheery topic to talk about when you're <laughs> talking about marriage. Right. But Mason makes a great point, and that is, sadly, we live in a fallen world and your spouse is going, one of you is going to die before the other. That's just a fact. And his point is, when you're married even now, if it's in your first year of marriage, you need to begin preparing for that element. I think that is that's huge because I, I I think in this Kelly, so many people, you know, when they're first even thinking about the distinct difference between dating um, and or marriage, they're probably not thinking along those lines at all. They're not thinking about all the different contexts and things that inform their world when we're growing up. We have to think a second. What informs our world about dating and marriage? One, it's fantastical, right? It's this mm -hmm. fantasy. You meet this person. You fall in love. Oh, my goodness. If you're saved and you're a Christian, you're like, oh, and God showed me this person. And I knew from that day on that I was going to be with them. Okay. That's a great start, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's a great start. And there's other things that's also informing your world in many cases, the relationship that you have with your parents, mm -hmm. the relationship that you have. And I say relationship that you have with TV, 
because you're looking at just media and, and print to kind of inform what you should and shouldn't like or what you should and shouldn't, you know, be prepared for. And so you're having all these different pieces, books, information, informing you um, and informing your subconscious mind and your unconscious mind in regards to, you know, how to prepare for something or how to do something. And then when you get into the flux of it, there's this aspect of, oh, well, this experience is not what I thought it was because everything that was informing you may not have been painting an accurate picture of dating or marriage. <laughs> Bingo. So, that's really yeah. good. And that's a very important thing to talk about. Uh, in social media, films, yeah, uh, they do, mostly they do a very bad job of painting a picture of what healthy dating should look like and what healthy marriage should look like. So with that, when I'm talking to single people, now's the time to read books. It's time to read, to listen to podcasts. Uh, it's even, this may sound weird, but it's even uh, important to begin maybe reading books about sexuality and marriage and to be preparing mm. for that. Because one way to think about this is, most people, I don't even know what the percentage is, but it's got to be in the high 90s. Mm. Most people marry. But I think that as you and I have experienced, most, a lot of people don't do a very good job of preparing for a marriage for themselves when they are single. And if you are single and you're listening to this, Mm-hmm. Take notes because there, there's going to be a lot of good stuff in this that we're going to talk about that I think will be helpful for you because Samuel and I are going to be talking about in part from the mistakes we made or, yeah. or the mistakes that we've seen couples that we've worked with who have been single and have mm, sadly chosen somebody not that uh, not that great for them. So with that, Samuel, I want you to talk about here's the starting point really in this conversation is, remember what I said, dating is not marriage. Mm -hmm. So what, Samuel, do you believe are some key ingredients for the reason for marriage? Like, what are the key elements of uh, being married? Yeah, I'll start here. I think one of the one of the reasons, you know, point one, (laughs) you know, for those that are writing notes is you're literally making a decision to have a life partner to navigate life with. Right. You know, without a doubt, when you're getting married, when you're deciding that this is the route you're going with another person who is supposed to compliment you, you're really believing that your, your, your spouse believes in you. You really mm-hmm. believe in that, you know, that person who God has called you alongside with, that you're walking life with, uh, you know, for 30, 40, 50, 60 years of the next realm of your life. You really believe that they're going to help and support you, you know, in what you're trying to do and, and, and what you're called to do. And then I think in that, you know, we talk about, you know, I think we've talked in previous podcasts about that you should like your spouse, mm-hmm. number one. But you should also know that your 
passionately in love with that person, you know, uh, beyond just the physical presence, right? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, yeah, physical, of course, you know, uh, that seems like really shallow, but there's so many other aspects of love and what that means. And you've talked about that as well. You talked about phileo and agapo, you know, and eros and how those different loves should continually correspond in your marriage when you're growing in them. And it's in addition to making sure that you're, you're uh, going after those things uh, as a as a fundamental part of your marriage. And then lastly, you know, this is a point that I was taught really young and I watched my parents, my parents who were married, you know, 40 plus years before my father passed. Mm. And I, and I saw something in them that I was like, man, I want to emulate that in my marriage. And it was a thing of marriage being purposeful. Mm. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Purposeful meaning there's this aspect of when you're called, alongside each other, right? From the position of, of being um, in a desire to be married, but knowing that you individually have things that you're called to do from a vocational sense, right? Let's just say, you know, say I'll take myself, for example, I know without a doubt, uh, without a doubt, I'm called to counsel, support, pastor, love people from a position of a role as well as just who I am. But then I also recognize that, man, my wife brings so many other different skills and assets to the plate that I don't have. This is the reason that we're doing this disc thing, right? We're talking about personality differences, but all these differences that she has complements me in, in alignment with who she's called to be, you know, as both a social media manager, that's the role, but also the skills that she brings to be very direct, be very honest and transparent with me to help me navigate and see things that I don't see. And then collectively, when we get together, we go further faster because here's here's some scriptures for you to write down. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then a cord of three strands is not quickly or easily broken. That third strand, is God. God helps you from a position of being in purpose. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're doing things by yourself, you know that you're like, man, I feel solo dolo. Like I like to say, like you feel solo dolo. That means like you feel by yourself that you can, okay, I can achieve these things, but I would be nice to have some help. So when you get married, then all of a sudden you have this help that you've never seen before. And you're like, oh, God, thank you, Father, for sending me a wife or sending me a husband that is called alongside me to achieve something. And then on top of that, though, what brings the cherry on top of what makes the whole mix of your marriage work is making sure that your foundation is God. And that is why then Mark 10 and 8 comes to be a huge piece. He says, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God, the third strand, has joined together, let not man separate. So therefore, purpose and bringing God into the the aspect of what you do in your marriage and the reason why you get married helps you go further, faster. I really That's like that. I really yeah. like that, Samuel. Yeah. So in summary, what you're saying is uh, some key reasons for being by pursuing a marriage. Yeah. Is number one, you're looking for a life partner to navigate life with. Yep. You're looking for a lover that you can be passionate about. Yeah. And then finally, going back to that life partner, you you have to, as a couple, have a purpose. And uh, with when you get married, then that that spouse of yours can help you pursue your own individual passions and purposes. But then as a couple, 
you will have kind of corporate ones together to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, Kelly. That's That's it, man. That's it. And so I think that then allows us to take that, those couple steps back, right? And let's talk about dating. So like this aspect of now you're, you understand why you're getting married, but then you're like, okay, now I'm, I'm deciding that I want to start dating and I want to know how to go about it. But I think that there's this, this piece, me and you were talking about this, you know, off air and there's this aspect of a lot of people make a lot of mistakes about just how they're going to go about the dating process and how they even know that they're ready or how they even know when they're getting ready to jump in. And there's this aspect of, well, I'm just going to jump in and, and I'm going to get on a, you know, um, I need a date.com, <laughs> you know, and, and I've been waiting and I've been desiring and I've been checking out and I haven't had any luck because Grand Rapids is dry, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you hear all these things. I have a lot of, you know, single uh, people that I know and counsel and love on. And I hear these things all the time and they're like, man, it's just, I have to go somewhere else to find somebody. I'm like, and, and, and then when they do, they find out the location is the same thing. And, and then they just find themselves getting in doing things just based off of the experience or how they feel. You know, there's this there's this piece where many people like, OK, I'm just going to go off an attraction or I'm going to go off of just, oh, man, they talked so well or they're really doing something with their life. You know, and that's the reason that I chose to go on a date with this person or, you know, for example, sometimes they'll just jump right in, get the experience. And then the predictor of success is connected to if the date went well or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and we hear and see so many individuals just do things based off of kind of, as we call exposure related, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be, I'm just going to go for the experience and see what happens. And if it's going to be amazing, but then you have all these first impressions, you have these aspects of, okay, I'm wondering if, you know, I'm dating someone who in my mind might be damaged goods or secondhand goods. And you're just doing things based off of the effectivity of and, and propensity of what you believe is good for you at that moment. But you don't do what you like to talk about is doing the work and doing the research to actually find out if you're even prepared and ready to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that gets to a really good, some good conversations that we can have now, Samuel, and that is where, where do we go from here? If you are yeah. single and you want to date, or maybe you are dating somebody. And again, as a starting point for people, uh, here's some key elements that you need to ask yourself. And that is, am I in a healthy place spiritually? emotionally, Mm. mentally, relationally, uh, in terms of my own pursuits in life that I want to pursue, am I in a good place? Mm. Because if you're not in a good place, uh, you're going to, uh, you're actually going to pick somebody who's not healthy for you. I had a a really interesting conversation years ago (laughs) with a woman who uh, she had left her husband and she wanted to date. Uh, She was this woman who had grown up in a really conservative Christian home and she had gotten married when she was 18. And she really, when she was 18, she really didn't know herself. And so uh, she married and from my perspective, made a bad choice in leaving her husband but she was basically, you know, she, to be point blank with it, uh, 
she was getting into bed with a lot of different men during this period. And I was working with her and I'll never forget this session I had with her. And that was, I asked her, we'll call her Susan. I said, Susan, on a scale of one to 10, uh, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, on a scale Mm. of one to 10, where are you at in your life? And I actually thought she was going to give me a very high number out of one to 10, but she came back and she gave, in my mind, I had the number four. I Mm. thought she was at a four and she came back (laughs) and she was, I I really liked her because she was very honest about herself. And she came back and she said, Oh, I think I'm a three. Mm. And I said to her this, I said, well, Susan, if you're a three, I said, actually, I came back to her and I said, uh, I th- well, actually, I was going to give you a four. Um, mm. But here's the truth of the matter. And that is, if you really are a three or a four, the most you're going to attract in a man is a two or a three. Mm. And if you get in a relationship with that man, Samuel, what do you think happens If you're below a five and you have two people who are below a five, do you think that that's going to be a healthy relationship? Most often not. Yeah. Yeah. You're dealing with your own self-esteem. You're dealing with your own perceptions of who you are and hoping that the person that you're with reflects something greater. But in many cases, you know, not being from a judgmental sense, but many cases they begin to reflect certain pieces that you actually end up being like, I don't actually like this. Mm-hmm. And and when you're navigating those pieces, you know, if you see somebody and you rate them at a certain thing and it's the same and or below, merit or excuse me, dating should be a place where it begins to upgrade, you know, really where you're going. And if you're not personally upgrading, you know, to use a Beyonce term, upgrade, <laughs> <laughs> if you're not personally upgrading and working on yourself and figuring out who you are, you're not going to attract anyone better than that. Absolutely. You know? Just being really clear on that. Absolutely. And then as I told her, I said, you know, hey, why don't you spend, you know, six to nine months to a year figuring out who you are, getting healthy in those areas. And then mm-hmm. when you get to a seven or an eight, Now you're going to attract a man who is a seven or eight. And then hopefully then you guys will actually continue to grow even better individually as well as in your relationship. And so that's something I think that that's like a key, key thing. If you are single, you have to be really honest with yourself and uh, kind of figure out where you are emotionally and all that. Yeah, that's really good. I just want to I want to say something there, Kelly, like there's this component where, again, you're you're single. Not too long ago was I single. Right. Mm -hmm. So I understand this experience. This is my relatability here. Like I was single. And in that time frame of of what I was aware of in regards to what I was working on, it only helped that being in relationship with the Lord helped also me navigate and contextualize other areas of my life where I felt like I was potentially lacking and needing support or help in. Like, for example, you talked about physical or, or you talked about emotional, those things you should not ignore. 
as a single individual, like spiritually, if you're like, Lord, I feel like this is lacking. Great time to work on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Great time to work on things. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You don't have to worry about getting prepared for a date, prepared to do all these different things with the person trying to keep that person in mind. It's literally you and God. And you and God working on physical, spiritual, emotional, social, all those different pieces of your own, as I say, self-care is really key because in that you allow God to do work that no man or woman can do in you. (laughs) It's only him. It's only you and him doing that work until the time comes where you're like, okay, I have a desire to date and then taking that next step. And that drives home another really, really important point. And that is uh, if you're single, what I would ask you to do is really genuinely ask, is God number one in my life? Man. Um, you know, Huge. Jesus is very plain <laughs> when he says, you cannot do anything without me. And yeah. Using myself uh, when I was single, I became a Christian when I was 19. And uh, for the next six years, I was very, very serious about my faith. But really, I don't think in a way, especially as it related to dating, I don't think God was number one in my life. I think the young woman was number one in my life. Mm. And that and that is, uh, that is a, a very, very important question, I think, for everybody to ask is that because uh, that will be like one of the key ingredients that you need to look for. Uh, when you are dating somebody, and I'll I'll talk about this further, but the person you are dating, are they an authentic Christian? Not mm. are they religious, not do they go to church, but do they genuinely have a friendship with Jesus? And so, but then going beyond that, and this is kind of a big part of the podcast, Uh, you've got to figure out who you are on the disc because if you do that, that will be so helpful for you because the one cool thing about that is if you know who you are on the disc, that will tell you in terms of a personality style who you need to date. Uh, And so what it literally does is it limits the field for you and it helps you to be more single focused in who you should be with. Now, again, what happens with a lot of people is they first and foremost look for somebody based off of physical attraction. Yeah. And that's normal. I do. I did it. But beyond that, really, the that shouldn't be your starting point. Yeah. The starting point should be, A, do they have an authentic relationship with God? Mm. And then secondly... Who are they on the disc? I'll give you a mm-hmm. great story about this. So I worked with a young woman, and she was in her 20s, and she worked at Ada years ago. And uh, we began a friendship, and we ended up talking about the disc. And, uh, and she was really struggling with dating. And I said to her, we'll, I'll, we'll, call, her, uh, we'll call her Jane. I said, Jane, um, you keep on trying to date the worship leader when you should be dating the bass player. Hmm. Because Jane, she's very, very high on the eye. Hmm. Well, guess what? Worship leaders typically are very high eye people. 
Mm. You never want to marry, if you're an I, and I'm an I, you never ever want to date another I. Guess mm. what? When I was single, I did. And it was <laughs> it wasn't helpful. The funny what's funny about how that story ended years ago, she did end up getting married, and I ended up seeing her at an event. And she came up to me and with a big smile on a face on her face, and she said, Guess what? I ended up I ended up marrying the bass player, and that was some of the best advice <laughs> you ever gave me. Wow. Because the bass player is more like an S and a C. They're in the background. They don't want the spotlight. Mm. And uh and so uh that was kind of a that was kind of a cool way how all of that turned out. That's incredible. Uh and I and I think it, I think this is a great opportunity to just just remind our listeners, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, which we would encourage you to listen to, we talked about the initial personality differences and, and what the disc means. What are those components? So I'm just going to take a quick second just to kind of remind our listeners again, if it's your first time listening to this, it won't be sound like a reminder, but I want to make sure you're aware of this. We're saying disc again, D-I-S-C. Um, if, if you want to take notes on this, you can. So with the disc, D um, is stands for dominance. Okay. And dominance often is described as, I'll say, shaping the environment by, you know, kind of over there. They're kind of people that overcome opposition to accomplish results. You know, they're people who often take leadership. They're very direct. You know, they like environments where they can solve problems and be very authoritative. They're really out front. Right. And they have this recognition to to have the, you know, to fulfill the needs of others. Now, that may differ a little bit from someone who is an I. An I is a person who is an influencer. An influencer is often someone who, you know, shapes environment by what do you hear? The I word influencing or persuading others, right? There's people who enjoy entertaining. Just Kelly just said it. They love also kind of being out front. They love the spotlight (laughs) and in loving the spotlight, you know, there may be people who aren't as task oriented, um, mm-hmm. but 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 they will they look at some of the details, but they'll look at it from more of a uh, objective point of view instead of subjective. And so that's where we get into the S and the C. Now, I'm an S. I'm an SC. Kelly's a DI. Is that right? Is that right, Kelly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you'll you'll see subtle kind of differences in it with the S person. S stands for steady. Right. That person is often a good listener. Uh, They're calm. They believe in kind of like being mostly harmonious with others. They appreciate routines, don't like a whole lot of conflict. And so they'll play the background very quick (laughs) with a person. And then there's the C. And the C is a person who's conscientious. Um, And most often they will be very analytical, very diplomatic. Um, they're going to validate the opinions of others, most cases, and they just they tend to, you know, be also in the background, but support from more of a a logistical standpoint in in relation to others. So just a quick review. That is those who are discs. That's the disc for people in case they're wondering about what we're talking about. That's really good. That's really yeah. good, Samuel. So for those who are single as a starting point. Uh, I really would encourage you probably to take the, uh, the, uh, the, the official disc. You can take the online one. You can start there. Uh, but I really think that you taking the official disc will be really helpful for you to figure out 
like who God created you. I'm a DI. God created yeah. me as a D and an I as a person. And that comes with some strengths and that comes with some weaknesses. Uh, with that, when you are, this is very important, when you are taking the disc, if you are single, be thinking of who you are in your most intimate relationships. Who is mm. the authentic you? And in your mm. closest relationships, that's that's the real you who will come out. So it might be with a sibling or it might be with your mom or dad or it might be, you know, with a very, very close friend. Like, who's your best friend and how are you with them? Uh, the irony is there are a lot of people what they end up doing, especially in uh, whoever your best friend was in high school, whatever mm. their personality w- was like, uh, especially on the disc, that's there's a fair chance that that is the type of person you're going to marry. Hmm. Mm-hmm. My best friend in high school was a guy named Brad and uh, we're still friends, still very close friends. And Brad is an SC on the disc. Interesting. Yes. All right. So this is, this is good because now I have a very great question. I got a curveball for you. Oh, if that's okay. So, Growing up, uh, I say often because we've heard this. We've heard this perception, you know, whether it's a, a female or a male, you often hear in relation to their parents saying, "Oh, you know what, uh, female, you're going to marry someone like your father, mm-hmm. right?" Or you hear a a, a a young man say, "Oh, you're probably going to marry someone like your mother." So you talked about the aspect from the place of your friend. How does that play? When you're thinking about parentage in relation to, oh, you're going to marry someone. So is that a false thing or is that a also a part of it in regards to relationship and, and predictors? Yeah, that's a great question, Samuel. Uh, yeah, I think some people might, you know, that that dynamic might happen in terms of, quote unquote, you're going to marry somebody like your mother or your father. But I think really uh, personality is way more complex than that. So yeah. I'll use my family, my family as an example, which is kind of cool. Again, I'm a DI. My uh, wife is Julie is an SC. We have two mm-hmm. sons. Okay, here's a quiz. You're probably going to get it wrong. <laughs> I just want to tease it out with you. Sure. So my oldest son is Josiah. My youngest son is Micah. Uh, Samuel. Who do you think Josiah and Micah are on the disc based off of they have parents who are D.I. and S.C.? Okay, so I'm just guessing, right? I'm just you're you're not probably going to get it right. Okay, so I've I've met Josiah. I have not met Micah, Mm -hmm. but based on parentage, uh, based on my interaction with you and your wife, I would say just to throw a curveball, I think. Josiah is a a DC and Micah's IS. <laughs> oh, yeah. So funny. You're smart, but you got them flipped. Oh wow. Josiah is an IS and ah. Micah is a DC. So and then realize this doesn't happen all the time, but it happened in my family. Yeah. And that is Micah. And Josiah pulled one characteristic off of me. Wow. And one characteristic off of Julie. So wow. Mike is a D like I am. 
So you can imagine what our relationship, and we have a great relationship, but Mm -hmm. um, as you can hear, we can butt heads, right? Two deep butt heads. Uh, And then he pulled the C from from Julie. Mm. It doesn't always work that out. And there's even a very funny story about this. So if you're a parent, you can use this against your kids. Both of my sons have a wonderful relationship now. But when they were growing up, it was either love or it was hate. And they, and I probably leaned 60% towards, I don't really like you very much. (laughs) And, uh, and one of the things I would always tell them is I would go to Josiah and I would say to Josiah, Josiah, you better learn how to love Micah. Because you are going to marry a Micah. Hmm. And Micah, you better. So all of those things that annoy you about your brother, guess what? They're coming in a package in terms of the woman you marry. And in part, that has happened a little bit with them. Um, It hasn't been clear cut. They both got married last year. Um, It's not been as quite clear cut, uh, but... It's it's kind of a general truth. Mm-hmm. Wow, I I literally guessed, but that was great. That was great. <laughs> I feel it's so funny how this works out in relationship to you know you know those who come before you, your parents, and if you're able to take, I guess those kind of key core components of your your parents from you in terms of personality, you know, I think those things are critical when you're trying to navigate. Uh, you know, that next step when you're talking about dating, because if let's just say uh, Josiah didn't know he was an IS and that, you know, he was attracted to or should be attracted to, you know, to date at least someone who's a DC, mm-hmm. you know, man, how, how pivotal it would have been if you would have been like, well, I like someone more like, you know, myself mm-hmm. and how dangerous that can be, you know, when you're just trying to navigate finding that next person. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, I just think that's pretty awesome. Wow. Mm-hmm. And wow. even to that point, in my own life experience, Samuel, because I didn't know myself mm-hmm. and, and be even beyond the disc, but especially the disc, because when I was in my 20s, I didn't know who I was on the disc. Number one, uh, most of the time I dated women who I was physically attracted to first. That was stupid. Um, but then second, what ended up happening was I ended up dating a lot of I women and Mm -hmm. I'm an I, Mm -hmm. and what would happen would be, there were a lot of different challenges, but one of the common things that happened with those relationships is they were really passionate early on, but then on some level they fizzled. And in two in particular, that that was how they they played out. And uh, and so that's why it's vital, (laughs) vital. If I had to do it all over again, when I was 16 years old, I would have sat down, taken the disc and hopefully I would have uh, been more um, more wise in, in who I chose to date. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Well, I think that, uh, you know. Just kind of bringing this, bringing this back to the dating piece again. It's like there's this aspect where when we're navigating, you know, who we are, um, it only helps to kind of help us understand 
who we may be then interested in. And that's what you've been pointing to this whole time. And, you know, one thing about the disc, if you study it, and, I, and I've taken it, of course, with my wife, um, there's this component that literally after you take the disc, there are these kind of pathways and charts that kind of give you an idea of what it means to be you. And what I all oh, what I loved when I looked at the disc, when I love what I loved about it is I, I saw these these really huge key components and categories that began to help me make sense of me. And the three categories were uh, qualities, tendencies, and environment. Mm-hmm. You know, of of of, of those, those that are listed on the the disc personality profile. And the reason those are important is because when we talk about qualities. It's really what makes you you, right? Mm-hmm. When you understand what makes you you, that can also help determine what helps you or what helps you be attracted to someone else, right? You hear that old adage, opposites attract. Mm-hmm. And if you are often in a place, let's just say with a friend, where you're navigating, oh, I'm actually attracted to this particular piece of someone in their friendship, it helps you also determine, you know, what you may be attracted to, like you said, in the future with someone you may be, you know, thinking about dating. And when you understand your own personal qualities, it also helps you understand your likability and disgust other than just that initial physical presence. Then there's this aspect of what are your tendencies, right? Mm -hmm. What what are the things that for you um, show your behavior and show your consistent behavior at that, right? Often cases we're looking at, you know, oh, I don't like this about myself. I feel like I have an addictive personality. I feel like I have this or that, right? We, we begin to coin phrases that don't really help us be effective in understanding how we operate from day to day. Well, we should pay attention to those things because our tendencies begin to help us indicate and understand how we behave in various, and this is the last point, environments. Mm-hmm. You know, what type of environments do we relish? What type of environments do we appreciate and like personally first? Because when we understand that we should learn how to thrive in environments that we are, you know, comfortable with or th- environments that we have our own tendencies in, it only helps us learn how to appreciate in someone else in the environment that they may be used to thriving in. And those three concepts, which are talked about literally after you take the disc, are something that I just saw that was important because, again, the first piece in all this. Number one is you got to make sure you know you and you got to know, make sure you know what your qualities, your behavioral tendencies are and what environments you can thrive in and what environments you feel uncomfortable in. Mm -hmm. But also when you know yourself, it also helps you understand how to navigate supporting and potentially being in a dating relationship or preparing for a dating relationship with someone else. That's a really good Samuel. Yeah. So. Uh, let's begin to wrap this up, Samuel, and talk about, so if ever, if ever I'm working with somebody who is single, I go over all of these different qualities you have to have in terms of pursuing somebody that you would want to date. And, uh, we've talked about two of them, but also with that, remember with all of these qualities, it takes at least a year to figure out if they've checked off that element. Okay. And so whenever I hear if somebody's only been dating for six months and they want to get married, 
that sends off a lot of red flags to me because I know that they don't know all that is behind about what we're going to talk about now in terms of these elements. So the first Mm -hmm. element we've talked about, are they the opposite of you on the disc? Uh, Number two, we've also talked about this. Uh, Yeah, you should have a physical attraction to the person you're married, definitely. Uh, But that should not, not be the thing you lead with. The thing that you lead with, which we talked about earlier, is do they have an authentic relationship with God? Not do they go to church, Mm -hmm. not uh, that they grew up a Christian, none of that. Do they genuinely have a relationship with God? And uh, that, that one alone will take you one year to figure out. The second one will take you a year to figure out. And that is, are they mentally, emotionally, relationally, all those elements, spiritually, are they healthy? And are they moving in that direction? In particular, you really want to look for how they are in stressful moments. Because when you're stressed, the real kind of dark side of you will come out. And uh, that's why, for example, when I'm working with couples who are dating, that's why it's so important to like sometimes argue. Yeah. Because that way you will figure out how they argue and how they are when they argue. Um, And uh, do they retreat or are they really aggressive? So, again, mentally, emotionally, relationally healthy. Wow. Another element. Do they want to do something important in their lives? Do they do they have a vision for their life? Uh, you know, again, the scriptures say without without vision, the people perish. And yeah. I believe yeah. very I believe this. I believe every person is made extraordinarily. Um, you are made in the image of God and God has given you a good purpose. But not everybody is pursuing that purpose. Mm. Uh so if you're dating the guy who just wants to play video games, <laughs> that's maybe not a great purpose. Um, and then uh, another one, this one, this one was the linchpin of why I married Julie. And that is, do they genuinely believe in you as a person? Uh, two of the two, they were both eyes. Remember, another element of an eye, Samuel, is eyes can be very fickle. Yeah. And uh Two of the women who I was very, very serious about, in fact, one of them I was engaged to, um, after I met Julie, I realized the difference between her and them was she genuinely believed in me and had just, you know, just really believed in me. Whereas these other women, they weren't quite there when I knew them. And that was, that was a really important uh, element. The final one I'm not a big fan of online dating. It can sometimes work, but I think it's very important that when you're dating somebody, you live near close to them Mm -hmm. because that way you'll be able to better figure out all these different elements that we've been talking about today. Um, And uh, you can't figure that stuff out on a phone call or a Zoom call, or you only see one another once a month. You need to really live closely to that person or at least make a commitment moving towards that because you have to figure out who this person is that you want to marry. Wow. This has been incredible wisdom, knowledge, information. And 
as you may have tell, make and tell listeners, dating, marriage, it's the reason we're doing this. We want to encourage you to make sure you are making informed <laughs> and wise decisions when you're thinking about dating and when you're thinking about getting married. So um, this has been uh, together for myself, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. You know, if you are looking to get resources, get connected um, to take the disc, we believe it's about twenty five dollars. We'll get you a link in the show notes. Um, reach out to us. Let us know. I tell you what, Samuel, uh, I got yeah. an idea right now. Yeah. yeah. So the first 10 people and you got to be single. Uh Oh, OK. Uh, the first 10 people whom email care at adabible.org. We, if you email us and email us your address, we, the first 10 people will, uh, will give you the paper disc that we've been talking about and we'll, we'll give you that free. Awesome. Well, there you have it, listeners. So hopefully if you're checking this out, tell a friend, share our podcast, make sure you subscribe and uh, share it on social media channels, your social media networks to let them know, hey, first 10 people to get on and email care at adabible.org will get access to a paper copy of the disc. Well, again, this is uh, Together with Dr. Kelly Bonnewell and Samuel Jones. We'll see you next time for a treat, actually, where we'll have some guests on to talk about this series and close it out. All right, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, email us at care at adabible.org.